This show is being brought to you by Bedroom Candy by Candy Burris, a total intimate care company designed for women, men, and couples to enhance pleasure. Hey, lovers. This is Katie, and I'm back for another week of Sex on Sunday with Katie. And I'm just going to jump right out of the gate and say happy pride to all my LGBTQA plus community. Um, this is your month. We applaud, applaud you. We acknowledge you. We support you. And we love you. Um, so... It's been a good week. I hope everyone is enjoying the day. It's actually Sunday. I'm recording on a Sunday. It's been a while since I've done that. It's a beautiful day today in Brooklyn. Um, I am a little groggy in my voice because I'm, um, I went to a wedding last night. A good friend of mine, one of my best friends, um, saw her daughter walk down the aisle it was extremely beautiful. I love celebrating love. I love the newness of 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 um, marriage, and I love the celebration of union. So it was great. So um, I did partake in that yesterday. With it was a traditional wedding in a church, in a Catholic church, and then we went to the reception hall, and um, it was a millennial wedding, which is so interesting to witness to to finally be the auntie on the side witnessing um witnessing you know our babies getting married is like such an incredible experience and just so much fun watching people get married and um and just enjoy and have fun with their friends and it was a very traditional ceremony um with the you know the the tossing of the bouquet and um the garter belt removal and then the two single people you know do the do to put the garter on the girl it's really really cute um lots of food lots of great music dance it was really a good time so shout out to all the newlyweds and all of the people planning to get married this this month and this summer um it's just such a magical time. So I'm thinking about you and it was so great. Um, one of the messages that my friend gave to the, her newly married, um, children was that she, she advised them to keep their relationship off of social media. And, um, she got a little bit of applause for that, you know, I think it's good advice for, for young people, Um, but I mean, I do think there's something to celebrating love and celebrating joy and happiness online. But I think the issue becomes when you have problems in your relationship and you air your dirty laundry, I think that's problematic, but I, I love to see people, um, showing their love for one another and, and, and experiences, but I completely understand her part. And I think, you know, speaking to, um, the millennial audience where they tend to be a little overly exposed, exposing, like they expose way too much, uh, of their lives and what they do every day. And, um, you know, from sunup to sundown, we like to know their every move. And I just think that's the culture now. And so I think it was good advice for her to give them like to at least keep some of it under wraps. Like everybody doesn't need to know 
all of your business. And then she also said, which was really sweet, to put God first and themselves and then their children. And if they stay focused on that, they should have success. So shout out to my friend. She's a great mom, single mom, who didn't know if she was going to be able to watch her child walk down the aisle because of health issues. So um, it was a really special moment. So shout out to my friend Terry and her beautiful, beautiful children. Um, So, yeah, so that's what I did last night. It was so magical. I was thinking about being married, right, and what that what that would look like for younger people. There's a really, there's a really great book that I, that I always talk about on the show called Mating in Captivity. And it's, it's written by Esther Perel. And she talks about couples, she's a therapist, and she talks about couples who, once they become married or they've been married for some time and they have children and life kind of gets in the way, um, of their relationship, how they stop having sex, and then that there's always, you know, a third component that may come in interfere with the relationship. And so that third component doesn't always have to be negative. It could be something that is positive. But a lot of times, because of um, lack of communication, you know, that third component is replaced, which could be a great thing that could be filled with. God could be filled with creativity, could be filled with passion, could be um, filled with um, a hobby. Sometimes that third component becomes infidelity, becomes um, an addiction, becomes um, uh, some sort of negative psychosis or, um, you know, something that would interfere with with the success of the relationship. And so she talks about what that third is and really being able to communicate um, that third. And so I think with my friend, when she gave the speech to her children, for her, that third is God. And so I think that helps a lot of people when they can focus on the spiritual aspects of their relationship. But I think individually, I would have, I would advise that individually couples have something of their own that makes up their third, that each couple has their own component that makes up the third between them. Um, For example, in my relationship, um, I have my hobby. I have this. I have other hobbies that I partake in. I have um, different creative endeavors. I have my wellness workshops. I have, I like to write. And so there are things that kind of, you know, keep me engaged enough where, you know, and it keeps me curious enough where I can be satisfied in my relationship. And I'm not even married yet. Um, and I don't live with my partner yet, but I know that over, over time and having experience being married and having experience living with a partner, how crucial it is to have something going on outside of your relationship that brings you joy and that you're passionate about because if you're only giving that energy to your partner and vice versa and that partner is not available to you in some capacity because they may be busy um, nurturing their third or they may be busy 
with whatever work um, or whatever they're dealing with, you can maintain a healthy distance, right? And I do believe that. I believe that relationships should have a healthy distance, right? And within that, within that space, you are able to conjure up and you're able to create and, and have some passion that is your own. I think that that's what really constitutes healthiness in a relationship. And, and I think that the support of the two should come from one another. And um, I do think it's possible to maintain a long, long loving, healthy relationship, you know, with, if you apply these, these things that I've just spoken about. Yeah. So I highly, I highly recommend this read erotic intelligence, you know, speaks about maintaining the playfulness in your relationship, being um, mindful of the importance of playfulness in your relationship. You know, I speak to a lot of people. There's a lot of unhappy couples out here and, you know, there's a way to fix it. Maybe one day I'll, I'll become a, a sex psychologist or a couples therapist or something. Maybe we'll see. Um, but moving along, but staying with, within the theme of millennials, I came across a study, which is really interesting, a study that was written up in the source, the source magazine. I didn't even know the source was still around. But anyway, according to a, according to a new study out by, um, it was published in Great, in Great Britain in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. It states that millennials are having less sex than their parents did when they were the same age. And so I was just right before we recorded this, I was just talking to my partner and he's like, I don't believe that for one bit. I think that millennials are having plenty of sex. I said, it's a study. It's interesting um, that they say that one out of every eight 26 year olds is still a virgin and that one-third of American men, regardless of race, between the ages of 18 and 29, have not had sex at all in 2018. And I'm like, hmm, it's interesting. He, he 100% disputes this. And, you know, I don't know one way or the other, but I think that of the millennials that I know, a lot of the women that I speak to, a lot of them are not having regular sex. I wouldn't say that they're not having any sex, but I would say that they're not having regular sex. And I think that the study is really interesting. And what, what helps me think, yeah, maybe some of these statistics are true. So what they're saying is that millennials are not the ones having sex. Statistics about the sexual behavior of Gen Z teens are in, and the numbers state that 60% of them have opted to remain virgins until they graduate and this, the article is saying if you compare that to the um, the nineties to the to the parents of the nineties, which that would be me, <laughs> they were Gen X, right? I'm a Gen X mama, and that the majority majority us were lost their virginity by prom night, and yeah, that's true. I think in the the nineties was extremely an extremely sexual time. I mean, even before the 90s, I mean, I have friends who had um, their children in the late 80s because of the rampant 
um, teen pregnancy. Um, I won't call it an epidemic because that denotes that, you know, that maybe there was something wrong with that. And of course, there's nothing wrong with bringing forth life. And those, those mamas turned out all right. But in any case, that wasn't always the case. But yeah, I definitely think that there was a lot more sexual activity going on in the late 80s and the 90s. I have uh, a millennial. I have given birth to a millennial. And she has, um, like her mom, she's a serial monogamous. So she's been in several long-term relationships. And, um, you know, so I don't know if that constitutes or qualifies for this type of survey. And I certainly don't know how much sex she was having and I don't want to know. Um, but anyway, the study points to reasons for this sex sexlessness is that porn is everywhere and that they're basically burnt out. That I kind of agree with. I mean, when a lawyer's on the show and we had the ignorant gentleman show and like Pink is on the show. We've had a lot of millennials on the show, and they talk about how they learned about sex by looking at porn, by watching porn. And I think that they're extremely porn-centric. porn, porn centric. And, yeah, porn sex is not real sex, so I, I could see them burning out off of that. And then the whole dating apps, which apparently the study says gives gives young people the option to opt out and that they have far too many options and they can pass on anyone that doesn't meet their criteria, which again, makes a lot of sense to me because if you, um, you know, you're swiping, whether you're swiping right or left or whatever it is on all of these dating apps for guys that you, that don't meet your criteria, um, there is a a good likelihood that, you know, your standards will kind of make you opt out of, of the dating pool. Right. I have a good friend of mine who I work with. It's been, she's been on dating apps for 10 years. She's younger than me. She's just at the end of, she was born, I think in the eighties. So she's just at the end of the, um, millennial. She's just at the end of millennial, right? She's not, she's not a young, she's not a Gen Z. So, um, and she's been doing the dating app thing for 10 years. And when she told me that, I just kind of looked at her like, okay, wow, that's a long time. And she's still going at it strong because she wants to be married and she wants to have children and she's 35 or something or 33 or something. And, um, you know, and she too, you know, had not been having sex for, um, I mean, the last time I spoke to her, she told me she hadn't had sex in a year. So here again, even though I don't know for sure how true the study is or how factual it is, I, I can point to examples of people that I know that meet the criteria of this list. So lastly, it says that millennials are too uptight. Oh, not lastly, fourth, it says that many of them are still living with their parents. Very true. A lot of them owe student debt, are still in school, or just too young to be on their own. It's really expensive out here. Um, And, you know, a lot of them have really lavish lifestyles. They're, you know, shopping and traveling and enjoying life, and that costs money. And, um 
you know, trying to do that and pay rent and, you know, pay insurance and all that stuff would make it really hard for them to live on their own. So a lot of them are still living with their parents, which is cool. And then lastly, it says millennials are too uptight. I don't know about that. I mean, I guess I do think that they're picky, uptight. I'm not really sure. I know they're judgy too, but whatever. I love them. So anyway, so that was an interesting um, study that I wanted to share with you. Please chime in. If you disagree, you know, make a comment in the comment section on, on any of the pages. I would love to get your feedback. Or you can DM me at Sex on Sunday with Katie on Instagram or on the fest, or the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so, again, my partner doesn't believe that. He thinks that it's it's a bunch of rubbish. He has a ton of millennial family members and he says that they're all very sexually active. And so I wonder about the study, like, um, who they actually polled, but I do wonder about, um, the factualness of it. So anyway, and it's so interesting because the millennial culture, if you look at the music and, um, just the culture in general is highly sexual, highly sexualized, so it's very interesting to me to to um to see the study. But anyway, I thought it was a fun fun thing to share with you. Um what else is going on in my life? Um got some new products. Got a new product from my bedroom candy line that I would love to tell you about called the Re- Revitalize Me. It's a part of the Women's Wellness bundle. The Revitalize Me is a vulva care bomb. So for some of you women out there and men, I think it's a great bomb that can be used on the skin to kind of soften and it balances out your pH. So basically it's like, it's a bomb. So a bomb is between like, it has like a shea butter consistency and it contains, um, essential oils and all kinds of wonderful, wonderful products, buckhorn, which is amazing. It contains olive oil and shea butter, avocado oil, vitamin E, oregano, and rosehip. It's simply amazing. I just started to use it. Um, Again, it's called Revitalize Me, and it's primarily for for the vulva. And so for for those of you who don't know what the vulva is, it is the... um, it is the skin in between, it's like your lips, your inner lips, and around your vaginal opening. That's where the vulva is. And for some women, um, that area can get really dry. And even if it doesn't get dry, you know, this is a good product to help you reestablish, you know, your coochie's youthfulness, right? Because you, you always, you want a nice, supple pretty coochie because genitals are not genitals are not good looking I don't care how you slice it I, I for me anyway I mean and don't get me wrong I love peanuts I just don't like the way they look and some of them are better looking than others um but in general they're just it's an odd looking thing a penis is an odd looking thing and I think the same thing about vaginas having said that we could all do the best that we can to keep them soft and supple and youthful and wrinkle free. So that's why I use this because, you know, um, women as they age, uh, develop atrophy, which is, um, it's a loss of like tissue and like a sunkenness that can happen in the vulva. And this doesn't, 
um, promote collagen, which would pump it up, but it definitely promotes like nice, supple skin. So, and it protects the skin and it, it also is good if you have like tender tissue. It's designed to soothe, protect, and calm sensitive and tender tissue. And it's also good for balancing your pH to restore your vulva, your vulva's natural ecosystem. Hmm. Deliver moisture and get immediate relief for dryness, itching, redness, burning, and general discomfort in your intimate areas. So like after shaving, I think it's a good after shaving balm. I think men can use it too. Um on their balls, which I think tend to get super dry and ugly, ashy. So I think this would be a good product for that. Anyway, you guys know I love my bedroom candy products. I love my line. I'm so excited about it and I'm happy to bring you a little product review every week because you know I'm trying to make some money and you too can make some money if you wish to join me um you can inbox me about joining my bk candy my bedroom candy team okay so the revitalize me product is available you can um dm me for more details and also the website is going to be available if you want to purchase this product all right, let me see what else is going on. I, oh, 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 oh. So this month is um, is an exciting time for me. I have a lot going on work-wise, and I'm also going to be doing some play. I'm going to be going to, um, you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had Ainsley Burroughs on the show. From He's the founder of The Sweet Spot. And he is um, a, a, a best-selling author. And we talked about the sweet spot coming to New York in June. And I'm going to be attending that. And I'm super excited about it because they're in a new venue at the Sony Theater. And it's supposed to be hot, hot, hot. You know, an Uber experience, an Uber sexual experience. So I will be there. I'm going to be taking my partner. Bay and I are going to be going to um, the sweet spot this month it's june 23rd it's on a sunday showtime is at six o'clock um i don't know how much the tickets are but i think they're relatively inexpensive get your ticket don't delay join me it's gonna be hella fun um yeah the sweet spot it's a it's this show is called the show is called burlesque Sweet Spot NYC. It's the Make It Rain edition. This is going to be fun. I'm so super excited. I started following one of their dancers, and she's amazing. She's so amazing. I wouldn't call her a stripper, but she does strip, um, but very classy. And she does a lot of um, sort of theatrical dancing. So super hyped about that. The Sweet Spot. Burlesque, sweet, the Sweet Spot NYC, Make It Rain edition, Sunday, June 23rd at 6 p.m. at Sony Hall, not Sony Theater, Sony Hall, and the address is 235 West 46th Street. You can buy your tickets on Eventbrite, and if you have any questions, again, just DM me on Instagram or here in the comments on SoundCloud, Apple, um, iTunes, 
and wherever else you are listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'm going to go. I'm bringing you these little short shows with the hopes of maintaining engagement with you guys. I really miss it when I don't do the show. I figured out a way to do it from home, which alleviates the issue of me trying to find studio time. And so when I do have a guest on the show, which I'm planning to do that soon, um, I will go back into the studio or I might just, you know, try and do it from home. Uh, but in any case, it's been fun. I love talking to you guys. And I thank you so much for continuing to tune in. Again, this show was brought to you by Bedroom Candy. This is Sex on Sunday with Katie. And I'll see you soon, lovers. Bye. <laughs>